0: Ten years ago, if you would have told me that I had online friends, I would have told you to get the fuck out of my face. That's loser shit. I I couldn't imagine having people in an online world that I like every day communicate with and count them as friends like online doesn't feel real, right? Or didn't. And it's probably... uh, where I'm at on the timeline of life that I remember the introduction of the internet and all of these horribly bad things in the beginning and the wild, wild west and the whole fucking nine. Me and Andy talk about this shit a lot because we're uh, beginning computer nerds. So, yeah, like online friends and message boards and shit like that. That's loser shit. You know what I'm saying? That was weirdo shit from our early days. Or at least for me in this weird ass, like toxic masculinity way of looking at the world and shit. And 10 years later, I have online friends. And it's a very eye opening experience because you don't realize it until <laughs> it just kind of happens. And then one day you look at it and you'd be like, oh, shit. I have multiple people all over the world that I can talk through whatever screen, and I have meaningful, meaningful conversations and insight and advice and and admiration and all kinds of shit that helps me grow out of a, as a person <laughs> through the fucking internet. Who would have thought it? And that's how I met the homie Rod was through the Internet, through this online social media world, which is crazy as fuck. And I'm 44 and I'm I'm realizing and I'm seeing that shit because, you know, it's hard as fuck making friends when you get older. People don't be telling you this shit like when you get older as you're your circle starts to get smaller of what you originally like grew up with it gets harder and you start filtering friends and you start growing as a person and then you see all the shit going around us in the world and I used to be a military dude and had tons of military friends and then when shit hit the fan and all this wild shit over the last 10 years through politics and, and division and all kinds of shit you lose those friends and your circles get smaller and smaller and smaller over time and then you start having friends on the internet. And I met the homie Rod, like I said, through social media. We started off talking shit about sports and over time, literally got this dude's number on my phone. And we text each other with the homie Justin as well. And we just be in there talking shit, talking about life. Um, he's been on the pod before. You've heard us on the NBA on TMOD. But the good thing, cool thing about Rod is, man, this dude, is a creative that grew and blossomed and I've been able to admire him from afar as well and kind of see this and it's kind of it intrigues me so we had this dope conversation we got together to talk about how you grow and how he came to be as a creative and not only having the black eye who tips one of the dopest podcasts out my man got to write on HBO's Game Theory with Bomani Jones and I watched it, and it was beautiful. And then you could see his imprint on things on the screen. And that's wild as shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm rooting from afar, and it's it was just dope. And so I wanted to hear a story. So I got a story. We're in here talking about relationships. We're talking about the role of masculinity. We're talking about how this all combines to be a creative, to be a dude, to, to understand life. We're about the same age. So we talked about our different backgrounds and how we came to be and you're going to hear a couple times on here me reference my sons and shit like that I'm starting to find especially more as I'm getting older the first one's gone the second one's leaving soon that when I go out and have conversations when I go out to meet people when I go out to do things it needs to be not only meaningful to myself but I also want to be able to pull something back that I can talk and give to them you know what I mean? Kids have the tendency of, dog, you could have the right fucking information. But because you saying the shit, they don't want to hear it. And sometimes you got to be. But look, I know this motherfucker that be really doing it. And he told me he showed you know what I'm saying. And here's that knowledge to you. And it was knowledge to me. So this is me and the homie Rod having a conversation. Enjoy it. This is the weird part of social media. Like we connected and we know each other. Right. We've never met each other. But we also, I get to watch you in a way as like a just a regular fan, but also as a person that we've had intimate conversations and shit about on the side. Right. And but I don't know your fucking your superhero origin story. Like everybody <laughs> knows my anti-hero origin story <laughs> and shit like that. But yeah, because you're like. I was thinking about this shit the other day. You're kind of like pop culture to me because I now listen to I filter some of my views and how I consume information through you and K, you Mm. know what I mean? And then also do it third hand because, you know, my wife loves the pod and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? so for you to play us like that big a part in like (laughs) people's kind (laughs) of world, first of all, it probably blows your fucking mind.
1: It does. Absolutely.
0: how the fuck does this start? Because the, the butterfly effect got you to Bomani. So yeah. when did the wings flap the first fucking time?
1: Uh, Well, my origin story is pretty simple, man. I was working in a, a cubicle uh, at this place called Merc Sealand. It was a shit. It's a logistics company. Like they ship shit. And um, like my whole path was about to be like on some, CEO management type shit. And then um, the company I was working for, SeaLand, got bought by Maersk. So they get bought. They killed my like pipe management pipeline shit, just killed that whole program. <laughs> uh, so I get out and it was like my last year in college. So I get out of college and then I would have walked right into like a managerial job at like 21 years old, which is like some unheard of shit. Black, black, 21 year old. Uh, middle-level manager or whatever. Instead, uh, I end up working at IHOP uh, <laughs> that summer. Uh, and uh, I got a job, but I was overqualified for the job I had. Uh, so, you know, so I used to listen to podcasts and stuff like that to pass a time back when iPods had wheels and shit.
0: Oh, the click wheel?
1: Yeah, I had to the click fucking, wheel. Break. The
0: iPod is going to be one of those fucking things that you look back on and it's like a monumental moment in fucking technology history. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember when I got the first iPod, I was in Iraq. Mm. And you'd be building up your cash and shit. And when you be overseas, like we was during conflict. So sometimes shit comes in and you just want to spend your money. Right. And at the time, people was like, what the fuck is this $400 little fucking box? The office did a whole entire episode of how an iPod was viewed as a luxury fucking item. Yes. I never forget pounding. I never forget because I got the first iPod. And then that the summer that I got the iPod, I had, it was Kanye's album that had touched the sky on it. Which one is it
1: again? Uh, I believe that's graduation.
0: I listened to that shit for like three months in Iraq. And that shit was just, i you couldn't go back.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. Like, and then, Once you got the iPod, you had to get the accessories, you know, so I had like a clip for my for my waist. I had a fucking, you know, you need to go to Radio Shack to get the right plugs because like the Mac plugs wasn't the same as the USB. So you had to like get some conversion plugs. I had the fucking tape thing you put in your fucking uh, car. stereo. Oh,
0: the fucking tape thing. How (laughs) fucking weird that we're old enough that that ship is the most unadvanced fucking shit ever you plug in a fake tape into a fucking stereo deck in a car so it can fake
1: the radio out couldn't tell me shit took me five minutes to play any song it couldn't tell me shit that summer but uh so I, i i got into music there but then i would start i saw these podcasts and i was like Oh iTunes because they make you download iTunes. You know, you know, Apple don't play. <laughs> they like it well, was now you got to get it through you in the system now. So I had to get the iTunes, and it was like, check out podcasts. And I was a dude that uh when I was an intern at 16 and shit, I used to listen to talk radio and the like daily n- like nigga show, you know what I'm saying? Like FM, you tune into the like nigga show in the morning, it's all you know, it's the same thing in every city, I guess. Uh, it's uh, like it one one black effeminate man that they only bring in to make gay jokes but don't ever say that's gay. in the
0: south, that's not a northeast, okay. Yet. okay. But I know what just you, you know what I'm saying, yeah. kind of yeah, I know exactly like what there's always
1: saying. somebody like that, and I don't yeah. know why when that became a thing, but uh, it's multiple stations I've heard that on. Uh, you know, I've got older, the middle aged, like black, black dude, and Um, that's like the host and the comedian, and then a black woman that's kind of funny, but mostly there to get offended at the shit the comedian dude says, and then people call in, and then maybe they have like a cool guy that comes in and does like you know, uh brings up the topic of the day type shit. But um, so I listen to that, but that's only like from six to nine or something, and then it just switches over to you know, just playing music. And then I would listen to like Rush Limbaugh and fucking uh the, the, like all Smircon, al Smirconis, I think it was his name or something, like all that shit. Um, because I just like the talking. It wasn't I didn't agree with nothing they said, but talking occupied my brain more than music did at that time when I was working. And so uh because
0: you can have a conversation with yourself off of what you're listening to, you know lo, what I mean? And, and develop e- a viewpoint as well.
1: And low key, I was learning to structure arguments. There you go. Like, I didn't even realize at the time, but I was learning how to like, because, you know, these motherfuckers do shows by they self. So they, they nice with the like, I'm going to walk you through this and then end it with that. And I got to do that like seven times in the next three hours. I got to do that. And now just listening over and over, it taught me that without me knowing I was being taught that. And then I started listening to podcasts because... I didn't want to listen to conservative bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's got to be another way. And I started listening to like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, uh, This American Life, all that shit. And I stumbled upon this podcast eventually called Keith and the Girl, which was just two people in New York that weren't professional radio anything. They were just talking in their apartment. And they were the spark that made me eventually think like, yo, I can do this. And uh, that's how, you know, I came home to Karen one day. I was like, we should start a podcast. And that was how it happened.
0: It's funny how the hobbyist always is the best origin point for someone's success story. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to love something just because it makes you feel happy. And it's something that you like to do in the beginning, even though you may not realize that shit. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then when you bring in talk radio and shit and podcast is nothing but the evolution of talk radio you know yeah. what i mean just in a mobile form that you can have anywhere because yeah like when you said like, that go ahead
1: it's kind of like how uh napster killed the radio bit industry and now the radio industry is napster you know what i mean like eventually the hobby is gonna they gonna win if you don't like dial in like it, it was weird to me that the breakfast club didn't have a podcast for so long. I think they might now, but it was years when like podcast was killing them, but they were still only keeping a shit on the radio. I was like, this is dumb for y'all. Like y'all could be killing the podcast game.
0: I think I heard some shit about them talking about it and it's, or maybe not them specifically, but it was pretty much terrestrial radio trying to hold on. It's like final, like grips of shit until they've just let go and embrace. Now you got iHeartRadio is a, yeah. a radio station. And then you see the evolution and it's like I said, and cause I like can that's why people don't understand Philly fans in a way in sports fans, because it's interesting. You said that mm-hmm. Philly fans are super knowledgeable because you know, that thing that you said where uh, like you would listen from six to nine, but then you had to listen to some crazy shit that you probably wouldn't to mm-hmm. in the Philly area. It is one of only like three markets in America that had their has their own dedicated Philly sports radio station from the moment you get up to the moment you go to sleep. It's none of this shit. It's called uh, WIP. Right. Right. And it's none of this shit of like it goes to ESPN. It's all local. So people just talk. Yeah. And it's so powerful and locally from that area that it influences Philly sports like you know, you see what I'm saying. So that's why the fans are so sp- passionate. That's why they feel so involved because it's been that way for like 40
1: years in that area. Yeah, our local NPR was was always around, but NPR is so boring on purpose. Like, I think I just like the flourish of them conservatives because at least they was tr- like they was trying to fuck with you. Um, and then of course, some sports radio I will listen to, but I'm in the south, so like. Even the sports radio, you, you, shit, you know, shit, no matter where you at, if you black, it's a white dude and, yep. he, and he's like cool sometimes, but most of the time he's a little too conservative for whatever you're into. And you got to deal with that constantly. It's just every opinion. Like they almost never have your man's back. It's always some like, like, I, Oh man, I know y'all was going through it when Iverson was in Philly. Cause. Yep. Yeah, white people could not have possibly supported that dude's style. You hear
0: it on the radio. You know what I mean? Like the subtle, like, yes, of course, there's racism in Philly sports. I used to hear it on the radio, like when I was a kid. Like, fuck Iverson. I grew up with Randall Cunningham.
1: Mm -hmm, You know mm -hmm. what I mean?
0: That's why, like. That's how I became an Eagles fan. I have a different viewpoint on football because I, all my quarterbacks been black, bruh hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, so Capper, like when they were like, you're going to watch the Eagles. And I'm like, I have a whole different fan experience than yep. you had. You know, I went from McNabb, Vic Cunningham. You know what I'm saying? Now we got Jalen Hurts. It's just been kind of like tradition in, yep. in a way. You know, what it I'm wasn't
1: like I was an Eagles fan at that time. And like when the Kaepernick shit happened, I was like, yeah that's what would happen. (laughs) Like, like everybody was like, this is outrageous. I'm like, what did y'all think the answer was going to be? Like, he got to go. Like all he did was point out the obvious racism that they can't do nothing about. They can't fix that. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, down but you here, heard that
0: shit about Randall, the that that what's that Jimmy the Greek type shit?
1: Yeah, all like the he time. Like
0: can't read a defense. Like I heard that shit in the 80s and it definitely was racist as fuck.
1: Yeah, all the time. He be better than people and you still got to hear this shit, you know, um so it was interesting though cuz down here, you know, this like I said, the sports show was pretty good, but it was uh Billy Packers son Mark and they would have, uh, you know, kind of white guy, you know, white guy talking points. Uh, somebody would call in, you know, you got had a white, white guy call in and, they, you know, they always do the like, you know, I just don't like it's just something about Cam Newton. I'm just like, why does it got to be so flashy or whatever? You know, so and then they had a black guy in
0: the Mad Dog shit with J.J. Reddick. Yeah. The same trope is still there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right now on television
1: all the time and so uh they would have this dude qcb on there the queen city bastard is what it stood for but they just call him the qcb and he was funny as shit and he would get on like five 10 minutes every hour of the sports show and just kill like he like and some of it was fucked up but he was killing so and i got a dark sense of humor so i didn't care it, that he was saying the wrong thing, because it, it was so funny. Like one thing he used to do every year, the CIAA tournament would come to town, and he would do this like make these jokes about black people wasn't gonna tip the people at the at the thing. Them jokes used to be so good, they were fucked. So is up. that
0: the origination of the black guy who tips?
1: It was one of it was one of them, yeah. Because I was like, I tip. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like why y'all keep saying like that's not even true? But okay, um oh it's not simple i'll put it that way. i ain't gonna say it's not true but it's definitely not simple because i've tipped bad service on purpose before because of racism like i thought i was fixing some racism but uh yeah, So one tip at a time yeah well, this'll is this will change his mine this change bump yeah <laughs> so uh but, yeah, so they would have him. He was another dude that I was like, oh, man, you know, like, radio don't have to be a certain way. You could just be funny and get on there and fuck around. And, and you know, I wouldn't have did it his way because I, I think I got a little too much integrity. I probably wouldn't have made it on that show because, they was, you know, they would have been laughing too hard at them jokes. I'm like, come on, man. What's up? Like, you know what I'm saying? But he was good. And uh, so that all that stuff was like stuff that inspired me and just, you know. Growing up, my dad had these comedy albums and I would just watch, listen to them and he'd let me stay up late at night sometimes. If, HBO, if like a comedian had an HBO special, he'd let me stay up sometimes and watch them. And I'd, I'd literally catch an asthma attack sometimes laughing so hard at these at these people and and, and still be begging him to, <laughs> to let me stay up so I could finish watching the specials. Um, so... Yeah, man, that, that's a lot of that stuff is just my origin story. And it's funny how. Again, we're not
0: that old, but things have moved so fast that podcast in the like in that little early part heyday, like I probably the the time that you probably found Keith and the girl, I probably found Mark Maron's podcast. Yep. And uh, I did used to listen to a lot of nerdist type shit, too. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it was like some earwolf shit that I used to early shit. I listened to Joe Rogan mm-hmm. early part. I, I
1: listened to um Adam um what's the name Carolla. Adam Corolla. Adam Corolla, dog, yes. he was my man. Like yes. I used to fuck with him heavy, dog. I, I hate what he became, but he wasn't always like that.
0: The topics used to be the conversations used to be way more organic. Mm-hmm. Instead of now, there's like there's like a field of podcasts like you got to have a stick or a hit yeah. or you're listening to people because they're provocative and you're hoping where back in the day, like you probably just fell into. Yo, I, I'm hearing someone talk in Indiana or in Charlotte. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. That I would have never come across with or or met or had conversations think- in the-
1: the other thing, too, was social media and the polarization of the Internet really kicked in. Were you True. fucking
0: what were you fucking with heavy first social media wise that you were like, OK, I like this shit because the nerd part of you had to love social media and podcasting and kind of seeing, oh, yeah. this is where this shit is going.
1: I mean, Twitter was the first one I loved. Uh, MySpace, of course, is the shit. You know what I mean? When it first started. But, I, you know, I never really was heavy into like Black Planet, Geo City. Like, the thing I was into heavy was message boards. Okay. And message boards were the wolf. That's that's wolf territory. Like, every time, I think people are surprised by, like, how dark my sense of humor is. And I'm like, it's because. You grew it, up on the internet. Yeah, I grew up on the internet. That That's the worst shit that you could find funny, at, find humor in. And I, you know, I always feel a little like I, I'm always feeling like I'm holding back because of that. Cause I understand that those people cross lines on purpose. You I know think that's me? a
0: great fucking point too, to kind of that we lose context and nuance about that. We have two generations that have grown up with access to and 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 scene and humor and develop with the internet that nobody else would see and it kind of it doesn't justify but it does make a point where yeah now you're going to have these unfiltered like masses of people who are used to just seeing wild shit and being okay with it
1: i be thinking that shit is light work when like sometimes i'll say something that i think is light work that people are like oh damn and i'm like that was fucked up okay let me dial it back like um when kevin samuels died i thought that shit was hilarious yes of course. I honestly, don't know how anyone could not think it was hilarious. And then immediately seen a deluge of people like, man, we should never mock death, you know. And I'm just like, oh nigga, that's like that's 101.
0: But there's a very <laughs> loud sensitivity portion of the internet. You know what I mean? That really isn't real, but sounds loud enough that it is. It's only like seven people, but we act like it's seven hundred thousand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they don't have the context and nuance to be like, we're making fun of Kevin Samuels, the entity, the pop culture figure. We're not making fun of this man dying, dying. Right.
1: You, You know what I'm saying? Or just even, I mean, even if you were, who gives a fuck? He did. <laughs> That's true. He did. He, he don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like They're like, what about his family? His family was there when he was talking that shit. They know what it was. Like, I don't, I don't, people just wow to me like that, man. I But like I said, it's probably just my humor is a little more pointed than people know. I've <laughs> At Game Theory, we had a dude that pranked us and said he got, um, fired they said he got fired for uh slamming the producer up against the show run up against a wall and it turned out to be a prank he didn't really do that and da 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 but in that 20 to 30 minutes where we didn't know it was a prank everybody came my office because they was like because they 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 sent this thing out like he's going to be coming to get his stuff and we just don't want anyone to confront them. Just let him do his thing. Security's going to be with them, blah, blah, blah. So people was coming in my office to be like, man, I don't, I just don't know what to do. I don't know that. Bruh, I was roasting for like 30 minutes straight and they was actually looking like you a fucking monster. What's wrong? This isn't funny. And I was like this. And they were laughing, though. Right. So keep keep this in mind. I had these niggas in stitches but they was like this isn't really funny though man what are we gonna do and I'm like I mean if like the dude that's the showrunner is kind of a short dude so they like man you really think he did I was like well let's be honest we all thought about picking him up like (laughs) like, I mean I know y'all wanted to try you know what I'm saying it's not that far-fetched from the like just shit like that you know and they was like, man, do we need to organize? You know what I'm saying? Like, eh, maybe, maybe you know, we in solidarity, we got to be like, you can't fire him. I was like, if this nigga was punching people, he should get fired. Like, I'm not so damn I got away from the punch. Me, man, fuck that. Because we both black. Like, I was killing these niggas. And then, the, like, but I think they were so shocked to see that part of me. Because normally, you know, I because it was all shit. I wouldn't have tweeted. I wouldn't have said on my podcast. But it was funny.
0: There's something to be said about that personality type that you have, though, that can draw the best out of a dark situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those tend to be the people that people gravitate towards, like during a time of crisis or, or what you call because you can set the levity of the room, but also understand the gravity of the situation. You yeah, know, it was, was
1: definitely that's definitely why they was in there. And it was funny because after that, like our room became the hangout spot for a lot of people so people would just fall through randomly all the time and because I, I mean like that was you know you in a creative situation so people bumping heads creative processes you know ups and downs and all this shit people stop by the room I would never try to like gaslight them or, or really like cheer them up but I'm going to always have jokes. So, you know, they yo, man, I don't like this person or whatever. Then I, I'm like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And I just start joking with them, man. I don't know, man. I feel like it's just the way I am. And I think once I turn 40, I just stop leaning away from it and just being like, listen. 40 is definitely be my-
0: we got to talk about, so you you brought up game theory. Yeah. So in order to get the game theory, you have to press play on the first episode that you do. You know what I mean, because that sets the 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 train of motion. Mm-hmm. But you also probably have to be. You're a nerd. I'm a nerd, and you know what I'm saying. So this shit, no one three no no one really sees me in this planet in this big ass world. I'm in here in this garage because I like this shit. Right. You See what I'm saying? I like gadgets. I like press and play on shit. Mm-hmm. You have to then talk to Kay and be like, hey. I found this dope shit called podcast. <laughs> yeah. You want to join me? So you press play on the first podcast and you, how do you get K involved?
1: Okay. And so, then,
0: and then go from there when you've pressed play the first time, what fucking happened?
1: First of all, our first episode is a disaster because, um, one, I have to convince Karen. I said, we need to do this together and I want you to be my co-host. And she's like, well, I don't know. And if you want to get, I don't know if I would be good at it. And if you want to replace me, that's fine. Like she's just out making a bunch of excuses, which is well, why Why was she,
0: that? Was it because you had that reference of Keith and the girl as an example? So that appealed to you as one part. And then did you also, because that's your best conversation partner.
1: Def, like, so the the thing I recognize from Keith and the girl is you need commitment. They were a couple ah, of
0: say that again
1: need commitment so like you need somebody that is dedicated to the shit that you're gonna be if you're gonna be partners if not then you do need to do it solo um and so I knew if Karen is a a, she's a workaholic like me so I knew if if she was gonna be committed to it uh we will. I knew we both would be committed and I wouldn't have to be like hunting her down begging her to do it and shit um two uh we've been having natural conversations that a lot of people found unique since we've been in like junior high school so that you know it's just one of those things where i was like oh we can talk about anything for however long we want to and people will find it enjoyable uh if they if they listen if they take the time to listen um and then the reason the show's named the black guy with tips and not rod and karen which is something i probably would have named it or some some other shit um it's because she didn't know <laughs> I had to basically trick her into being on the show like, oh, no, I'll just call it this. And, you know, if, if you really don't want to do it, that's fine. But I never had a plan to do not even a episode without her. So um she was
0: like, I'm going to support your dream, but I ain't put my name on it. If that's exactly.
1: <laughs> you got to remember wolf territory, nigga, this before you say your name. Like now people start a podcast. First episode. I'm Dominic Rivera. Like not then. It was I'm Roderman's prime. I say that again. Do not look up my job. Do not. Don't be trying to fucking find out where I live. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'm not even saying what city I'm in right now. You know, it's like that. And so that
0: Wild West shit of the early days, too, because of the consequences. and, And you ain't know nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. Mm-hmm. But it's also why some people were like, like, you can also see why a guy like Joe Rogan, he, his core base became so fucking, you know what yeah. I mean? The way
1: they are, because in them wild, wild West days, he was just doing wild shit. It's before every streaming platform, before almost every social media platform. Oh, no right YouTube every- yet. Yeah, exactly. I was
0: just starting.
1: Right, everything was in this infancy, and then we couldn't even do like a live podcast. We would just record, upload it. I had to figure out RSS feeds and. Uh, Bro, download. when podcasts
0: were probably what five years away from the dancing baby first being on the internet, yes. you know how fucking crazy that is. <laughs> like you, we oh, we used to watch. We watched the thing three hundred billion times of a little digital baby, and you thought that shit was the greatest thing ever presented to you. And it then a,
1: it was a big deal. If you were the dude that could figure out how to make that screensaver thing that moved on your yes. computer, wherever you like, yo, my screensaver is a worm and it just inches across the screen. And you thought like, I had a basketball that like, would it bounce on the screen when I wasn't yep. around and, it, and like computers are so fucked up that shit would make it crash every once in a while. Cause it's like, too much processor power to move this basketball on your screen. Uh, You got to restart your computer. There's Sixty-four kilobytes of memory and shit <laughs> and bullshit. <laughs> Fucking so, like that—that that was the world we started the show in. You know what I mean? So we didn't have uh, a lot of resources in the computer. We started it on that night. It breaks. <laughs> Actually, we start recording that afternoon. So that computer it can't do what we needed to do. So it's like, all right, let's just we got a credit card let's go to best buy buy the just just the deck part of the like just the cpu's part of the computer not the screen nothing no, no other accessories we go to best buy uh you know take our uh what was the computer with the cow on it the compway <laughs> gateway was, gateway, was gateway. Was gateway. Yeah. gateway. So we we get rid of our gateway that we had since we got married um we hook up this other computer that we spent like uh, a grip for us, like $700, $900 just for the CPU stand. We get that home, record again. It doesn't record anything. After we, This is after we record. The first time we record a whole episode, blank. Second time we record a whole episode, blank. Then uh, we find out I'm in there tinkering with this shit. I'm doing blah, blah, blah. I'm taking it apart, all this shit violating the warranty taking it apart by the way which you know we just got this bitch
0: breaking that Uh, little tab sticker on the back
1: right nervous as fuck because this is not me now this is me at 22 or 20 something where like literally every penny counted like like these i was gonna be paying this computer off for months this was not a a oh yeah i knocked that out you know i'm saying Mm -hmm. next bill like no nigga i'm gonna be paying that shit for a while you're not swapping out parts. You're not going to
0: micro center. It Nothing. ain't easy shit to get. If that shit. Yeah, I remember those. And times. I'm
1: trying to do this nerd shit that no one's trying to do right now. So I fucking uh, found out the sound card was malfunctioning. And that's not my fault. It was already fucked up. And it took me hours of tinkering with this shit to figure out it is the sound card.
0: Yes, boys I'm- and girls. There used to be a big ass sound card. In a fucking computer, not a little fucking chip that Mm -mm. sits on the fucking motherboard and you don't even notice that it's fucking there and it does Dolby digital. (laughs) This shit would take out a huge PCI slot. And then, yeah, the sound. Well, I think Sound Blaster was the fucking shit. Yeah. Like audio card. If you had a Sound Blaster audio card, you thought you were fucking nice as fuck.
1: So now I take it back the best. We take it back the best, but I'm nervous. They're not going to give me my money back. They're going to look at it like, oh, the tape broke. You open this bitch. Um, and so they do give me, a, they exchange it. Cause I said, I don't want my money, but I just need one that works. And they're like, oh, it could just be malfunctioning. So we get an exchange, come back, set it up again. And this time, you know, and you got to download our dash. So you got to do all this. We got a little desk mic and all this shit. Look, Tacky mic, and we record again. And if you ever hear the first episode of, it's called—I want to say—it's called the Love Cast or something—is the first episode. And if you hear it, we sound like we're sleeping almost (laughs) because we had recorded this shit so many times, and we weren't sure it was even recording. We were just like, "I hope this is recording." Because at that time, I want to say, audacity was so new. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't even show you as you were recording it didn't even show you the the wave of like it's catching the audience. you gotta hit stop on the record and then it's like yes it recorded
0: then you see and that digital wave pop up because the computer finally fucking caught up yeah that's the file it couldn't do two at both
1: <laughs> you gotta take a minute and like because like you know you gotta you nervous it's like you gotta make sure it's saved right you gotta compress it like all this shit and we record that first episode and honestly man it's probably good that we went through all that shit episode one because it was like all right if we that dedicated to make one episode we can do this and that was the that was the first time we recorded in press play and uh i don't even think going back listening, it sounds ridiculous because it's like guys we're not gonna get on here and talk politics you know what i'm saying we're not trying to say nothing controversial we just Da, da, da. And it's like, nigga, we I don't know who those people are.
0: And it's funny you say that because you can if you listen to this, you can go and listen to Rod's first and Karen's first episodes because they have their set up on Patreon and we'll get your information at the end so you can listen to it. But that's oh, one yeah, of the why my wife loves the pod because she's one of those people and listening that likes to go to the beginning Mm-hmm. And start over. I'm not like that. It doesn't. I even took my own episodes, like the first couple of them, because it was like you said, it was, I guess, like Andy always uh-huh. told me in the beginning, press play and whatever it becomes, it becomes. Mm-hmm. But for me in the beginning, I had dreams. I'm going to do this and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have that. I had a agenda now. You know what I mean? So they hear you say that, you know what I mean? Is awesome. They hear the kind of love. You knew you fell in love with it. Pretty much from day one. Even if Kay didn't, you knew who that yeah. you 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 dedicated that time in your love. So you started. You hit play. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you had to go for a minute. But when was the minute that you you had to have that moment, like a lot of dudes do with their wives and shouldn't Be like, baby, I got a dream. Oh, I don't know if oh. you was, you seeing this, but I think <laughs> we could do something because I'd be doing that shit all the time.
1: So I never had that moment. Karen's the dreamer. So, like, oh, okay. yeah, as, as much as like uh, as much as like me going like we should do this was my idea, the everything business wise that has been like, we can make money, we can be successful, has been caring every step of the way. Like because um, I'm one of those people that's like comfortable doing my thing and being like, I just like what I'm doing and it's fun and that's the goal. And. Uh, sometimes I'm leaving money on the table when I do that, cause you know I could be like, "This is the goal," but also pay me my motherfucking money. You know what I mean? Um, so I want to say, first we started taking donations, which was a, a thing we had to set up through PayPal, big headache. But um, we started right. taking donations. So
0: let, let me stop you there, real quick. You, if to get donations, people are already listening, but yeah. there had to be a moment where someone reaches out and goes yo homie i appreciate you
1: oh yeah yeah we was getting that on twitter and some of our social media spaces a little bit on the message board uh but that shit all you know message board ain't really designed not the one i was on it wasn't designed for supporting no podcast um so it was uh, especially not one that's on the shit we're on like if we would have been on some like wild offensive trying to like troll everybody shit, then we probably would have had more support on the message board. But since we was being authentically ourselves and I'm not a you know what I'm saying troll like that. Uh it just it wasn't gonna keep the attention. But everywhere else, uh and in the beginning on the message board, it was a lot of like, yo, this is good, man. Or this is fun. I appreciate the when y'all recording again. And we were doing once a week at first. And, um, you know, it was like, yeah, we was we was getting feedback. We was getting people in the hashtag, all that stuff. And uh, that. so we knew pretty much right away that there was an audience for it. It wasn't a huge audience, but it was a very and to this day, very interactive audience. And that that was what what kept us afloat.
0: And it's it's good now hearing that you said K. Is the the heartbeat of the business operations and how she she, and it's not to say just about money, it's about also she's a person that recognizes your self-worth and be like, "Uh uh-uh, you might you might might. undervalue yourself, but I'm not gonna let nobody
1: exactly. Yeah, she's an idea person, and she's and by idea, it's like uh them fucking it's like them Silicon Valley dudes where they be like, uh I got an idea, it's a TV that is also a bicycle or whatever the fuck. And then you'd be like, damn, you know how to do that? They're like, I don't know how to do that. But I know how to connect to people that know how to do that. And Karen is very much like, I don't know how to make a podcast and monetize it on our website, but I bet your ass can figure it out. So that's what we need to do. And so she was able to like all the, a lot of shit, like <laughs> all the major shit, our live shows, us traveling places, all that stuff is ideas she had that I wouldn't have done on my own but she would bring up this idea and my first reaction is always like oh I don't know that's a lot of work you sure what are we doing and we fail blah 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 and then she'd be like if but if we don't do it we'll never know and so she's the reason the show got monetized uh she's the reason that we did our live show um you know and you know, I've learned from her over the years, and I think that's the reason I ended up writing for TV was because I had picked up so much for her that I was like, don't say no to some shit that um, you might be enriched by, and you only going to know if you, if you try it.
0: Exactly, and it's good to hear that. Um, give yourself some credit. It's hard for a lot of motherfuckers, especially dudes. Mm-hmm. do feel as because in and not saying that's a scenario but a lot of people would view it as like someone is running the operation and you just going on with the show ch- no it's that you are confident enough and y'all were confident enough in your relationship but like i can handle this shit you handle that shit and and then a lot of the success that you have is because of the balance mm-hmm. in the relationship you have with Cat.
1: oh no nah, i was absolutely fine with it like i don't put a lot of gender role, stereotype shit into it. Like you got to lead your house, brother. You got to be the king. Like that shit means nothing to me. <laughs> like, Say it again You know what I mean? Like that's the place where I am secure. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the most secure part about me is probably the part of me that's, that's dedicated to the relationship that we have. It's like, you know, I'm a great friend. I'm a great person. I'm a great son. Like ah, that shit, nah whatever. But, um, The part that was insecure and the part that, you know, my anxiety and stuff can like hamper is that stuff where it's like, here's a new situation. Here's a new job. Here's something you haven't done before. You know, it, it it might be different, you know, like it's not, it's out of your routine. And so those are the things where my brain starts being like, I don't know about this, Rod. I don't We ain't never did this shit. What if it don't go right? You know, start
0: start coming in and jumping on your fucking shoulders
1: exactly man and it's like it's weird because sometimes it's what you've been working for and it's you would think that here's this moment i have been working to do a live show and produce it ourselves and organize it ourselves and we have done all this to, so people will see our value and our worth and then you get to the present business like i don't know man it's what if it don't work and so karen's the one to go that pushes me off the cliff like Fly, bitch, and then I, you know, I start flying.
0: <laughs> Fly, bitch, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't need to have that. <laughs> as a drop. And and like I said, man, like if you're listening to us and you a dude that is by yourself, like don't be listening to dumbasses tell you that relationships don't bring you happiness and success oh, and yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm here to tell you I could back up everything this man is saying because the moment I, I joked with Nick Jew on one of the other podcasts because we was talking about intimacy and shit. And mm-hmm. I told her the most intimate that I feel in the rush that I get as a man, as a fucking person is when I'm having communication with my wife and we are like strategizing and game planning and shit because that's the moment I'm locked in. A hundred percent in step with another person on this planet, and that's some wild fucking shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? When
1: you get in this when you're on the same page, because like that's the thing, like care my partner in crime, uh, my business partner, life partner, all that stuff. So, like, um that there's not a lot of people that I would see the same way, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, uh um, let me run this idea by you or whatever. And uh, we compliment each other because sometimes I sometimes I am right right it's not like I'm always wrong like sometimes I really am like baby we do this that that's gonna this is why it's gonna be fucked up and I can run through and and show my math show my work or whatever and there's been times where you know we've tried things that I think thought wouldn't work just to to be like let's give it a try but understand these are the pitfalls and um so there's lessons learned there too but I think having somebody that where y'all have each other's back is just so everyone's looking for that, whether it's friendship, job, relationship or whatever. So having people like that, you should value them. And I've just always valued that, you know, Karen has my back and it's always returned that same energy um, and make sure that she feels supported and stuff. So like, you know, one of the reasons I'm glad to be home and cooking is because it's one less thing she got to do, and I like cooking for her. So it's like, boom, you know what I'm saying? Taste this duck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Come, come try some of this duck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I enjoy that kind of stuff, and I think uh, it's like basketball. If you – it's a difference. The difference between the niggas that, like, go to the league and all this stuff is, like, my cousin Anthony would go shoot on double rims with no net in the park at midnight. And my black ass is asleep. You know what I mean? And so I feel like you got to love that gr- that level of grind with your relationship. You know, That's they the say point. relationships at work, but motherfuckers don't never talk about like the work, the work and, and like wanting to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, everybody motivation got a job. is everything. <laughs> exactly. Everybody got a job. But we all know the motherfucker that like can't wait to clock in. I feel like you need a little bit of that. You know, I'm not. It don't gotta be every day, but you need something inside of you. It's like I want to clock in. I want this job, and uh, so that's just how I've always felt about her. And, and then having, uh, like I having success is definitely a, a part of things that I don't think would have happened without her, especially not in this lane, man. Because you know what you saying? Some
0: you saying some real shit. Because a lot of motherfuckers don't realize how impactful selflessness is on your, on your spirit and shit. You mm. know what I'm saying? And when you, and they, uh, unfortunately that toxic masculinity, bullshit mass selflessness with, with pussiness, basically, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, you being a bitch, you being a simp, yep. you being a no, no, I'm being a partner and I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Grow. And cause every time this person is at a hundred percent and I'm supporting them, they support me backwards and I, I fucking
1: grow. Yeah, it's 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 like uh, love is corny, you know what I'm saying? But but by necessity, because like genuine authenticity is what we define corniness as, right? It's you know the dude that don't dress like everybody else is the corny nigga. But it's like normally that be the motherfucker that's the happiest because they like I wanted to wear these fucking suspenders. Like say
0: that I, shit again.
1: You know what I mean? And I think love is this one area where like we keep trying to balance like cool with corny and it's like you need to just believe that corny is cool with your love you need to be like matching sweaters that shit is cool because that's that should tell you how dope love is i don't give a fuck that y'all niggas see us in these sweaters you know what i'm saying and i'll you know exactly exactly
0: oh <laughs> no, and, and it's good to hear that man like people's successes and just I don't have a problem with the ground mentality. I've been, I've had it. I've been caught up in it. I think it's a young man's mentality. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I think when you're younger, you have less people to account for if you making the right decisions, hopefully. So you can take chances. You can be, you're really only accountable to yourself. You know what I mean? But as you get older, nobody's success is one person Mm -hmm. at all. You know what I'm saying? And you believing in that y'all fostering that support is as a, as a couple one shit and to see that that shit was inspiring cuz yeah. being creative is not easy because you are telling people please take a gamble on something inside of me that you can't see
1: Yep. yeah and i think um knowing that one person already has taken that gamble and believes in you that that that's priceless you know what i mean cuz it's like that audience i still feel like when I'm doing the podcast and a lot of stuff. I still got an audience of one. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm here to impress you and and vice versa and then that spreads out to everybody else. But um yeah, man, that that shit is that shit is major and I think a lot of people just I uh, don't it's just some shit we we got to outgrow, man. Like that that whole, you know, manhood shit is it, it, you got to be this type of cool, this type of guy. You got to, you know, this type of aggressiveness. It's just something that I, even when I was young, I just always questioned it. Because like low key, all them niggas felt miserable to me. Bruh. You know what I mean? Like they my friends. And I'm like, damn, nigga, you are. Mi-. I remember I played basketball with our uh work league for like a couple years. And this is these black dudes I work with. You know they was older than me. I kind of looked up to some of them. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, oh, look at these professionals. You know what I'm saying? I wanna, I hope my career goes this way. They most of them married. Blah blah blah. Man, we go play in this league. And you know what I'm saying? It's cool. Like. I'm playing basketball five days a week at the Y. So this, you know, these niggas playing like once a week in this league. So I'm, I'm out there just having fun. This is like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm one of the youngest dudes on the team It's it's nothing but, but fun times to me is, is, and I remember uh, there was a week where like, they started bringing in these other women and shit. Like, to, like other women would come to watch our games that weren't they wives and, and shit. And I was like, wonder who she's here for that's interesting but I, you know not my business you know what I'm saying this is when Karen was still in her last year of college and I was my first year out of college so I was just going back home going back to go visit her on the weekends vice versa and so I'm playing ball and one time man like dude and then like the dudes was coming up in there and like motorcycles and Leather jacket like... A whole other life, boy. whole other... Like, Price's last life. <laughs> and so, and so, this one... Like, I come in there this one time... You ever watch
0: The Office? Yeah. These niggas was acting like Date Mike.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were <was>, <laughs> Date Mike. Yes, it was Date Mike, bro. And it was like two or three of them. And so, one time I come in there, man, and there's this dude... And it would, it would kill me, man, because, like, these black, happy-ass families... You know, they wife, they kids come watch them one week and then here come the side piece the next week. Well, one week, I guess this nigga got confused or his wife was on to him. I don't know. But both of them was coming. The side chick and the wife and and uh, and I, I think the wife was on to him because I don't think she brought the kids. This felt like a check in. You know what I'm saying?
0: She was like, going to open both doors up to the gym at one time.
1: Where is she? <laughs> um. So, like, this nigga comes over to me before the game, like, Rob, man, I just need your help real quick, brother. I just need you. Hey, man, so my, uh, there's this girl coming, man. If somebody asks, just say she with you. Because they knew I was the single guy on the team, blah, blah, blah. And I just straight up said, no, I'm not doing that. And I don't know what possessed me at like 22 to stand up to this grown ass man that I worked with, but I was like, I'm not doing that. It's your business. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause right. I was like, it was such a fucked up thing to do. You learned
0: early. I don't believe in soulmate shit, Yeah. but you learned early the value of a person that you love. Not a lot of people learn that shit very early. You know what I'm saying? that selflessness shit once again, you know what I mean? And man, y'all got like a magical little fucking story.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, so I basically was like, I'm not doing it. And I, and I, I never looked at them dudes the same, like not even, even the other dudes that thought what he was doing was cool or funny. I was like, that's fucked up, man. We went down this man's house, hung out with his family, had fucking barbecue. Like, bro. Like y'all don't, think this foul like and this is how
0: that brotherhood shit and how you could and if you was a young dad let me tell you you at 22 and me at 22 probably near the same I would have went the other way probably because the way I that I was brought people,
1: up I mean bro I, I was on the outside after that like it was like seven dudes cool with it and me not cool with it and then a bunch of people that was quiet that probably wasn't cool with it but wouldn't have said shit and I was and I was like the only one like and it wasn't like I started preaching, but I was just like, once I'm not getting involved in it. Like I I'm not gonna bust you or be like, you know, he over there, but bro, don't involve me in your fucking lie. And now it's some lie I gotta keep up. What about when my girl come?
0: You were ahead yeah. of your time because that's a lesson a lot of dudes learn later in life.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was once just- you
0: start getting stable and shit in life, and you right. start figuring out like, this is fucking stupid. Like, no.
1: Like I was always on some other shit. I knew that when I was young. So like, I just thank thank God never really fought against that. That you know, what I'm saying that part of myself. It was like, yep, I'm just on some other shit. It's just gonna have to be this way. Um, and but but what's crazy, Dom, is my whole life. Dudes, you think will be pieces of shit, like dudes that are really like unrepentant cheaters, womanizers. These niggas love talking to me about relationships. That one girl that they did wrong that yeah. got away. It's crazy. It's like they it they, makes
0: perfect sense, dog. If it was I'm nine one of niggas,
1: if it was nine niggas like me, these then uh and they were the one that was like on the out, you know what I'm saying? If they was the one that was not cool, they would have switched over because it was really that simple. It was just it was hard for them to fight against the cultural tide of like. That- yeah, you know, yeah,
0: your dog. girl is cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like you are you like you rare as fuck, dog. And to have somebody that you could talk to about that shit, m- dog. Most motherfuckers is lonely. hmm That's listen, the one thing they don't tell you about when you be aggressive as fuck and you growing up toxic as fuck with women and shit, that it's a lot of fucking loneliness. That's where that aggressors and anger and shit like that and then dog I remember times where I lived that life and then it would hit me and I'd be in my car crying because I just wanted to be in a relationship and be able to communicate with someone because I fucking finally realized the world is really fucking lonely
1: yeah bro I, I remember one time uh in college this dude Anthony we both was uh we both was uh at, in the dorm for spring break like everybody had left but like the, the people that decided to stay through spring break, like they basically was like, all right, y'all basically need to stay in this same dorm for like a week or whatever. Um, and so we go over, we put in the same suite, blah, blah, blah. But it was dope because everybody had their own room. Like it was cool. But anyway, he fucking got his car repoed, but lied and, and said it got stolen. He was like, man, can you just drive me around? We're just going to see if we can find these niggas and shit. And then we drove for like an hour. And I was like, wait, man, did your shit just get repoed? Like, what the fuck are we Nigga, It's gone. Like, unless you drive to the dealership and you know them niggas got guns. Them tow truck niggas got guns. I'm yeah. not doing that. So, anyway, we get back to the room. This thing ain't got no car. I'm up on
0: a tow truck driver if you want to, and you're gonna end up on true TV.
1: Bruh, you're gonna be on the news. If if you ain't you play this wrong, you they will shoot. they not dying for your car. Um, but but yeah, so. Uh, we get back to the dorm, so now this nigga ain't got no car, he was one of the people that had, like, a, a car above his means at at 18, so that he could get some high school hoes. <laughs> like, like, he was like...
0: like he was, I remember that used to be in the military. I don't know if you remember this car. Yeah, I remember. Some of y'all might have... It was a car, nigga. It was called Daewoo, or Daewoo.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 This,
0: yep. this car was ass. <laughs> <laughs> and more, and but it had like gold on it and black and he was buying this piece of shit car the dot the woo woo that's what we used to call it like <laughs> this shit will go ahead i'm sorry go ahead
1: Nah, but he had like that type of flashy like it was red it had a motherfucking fender on the you know the the joint on the back the spoiler like it looked- had a bra on it yeah, you know it. So <laughs> remember pretty- when motherfuckers used to put a leather bra on yeah. the front
0: of their car, and you'd be like, That shit
1: cold as fuck, bro. I had one and it was whack as fuck, and I had it on a like a, a Toyota Corolla or something. It wasn't even nice on my car. I just put it on and I was like, Yeah, was- why are you putting leather on top of metal? It doesn't right. even make fucking car- sense. Can't sell the cars two-tone now. It you know what I'm saying? You gotta get leaves from under that, it was a bad idea. But uh, yeah, so um this nigga was like, uh so he couldn't get no hoes because he ain't had no car. And so, so then he just stuck in there with me and he's talking to me and I, and I was like, wait, man, don't, didn't you have a girl? What happened to your girl? You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like. Man, it just ain't work out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You know, he was fucking a lot of other women all the time. And so so he's like, it sounded like she found out and just felt disrespected and broke up with him. Man, this nigga started crying in the room, like, I'm over here playing, like, Dreamcast. was
0: in the hood punching the air and shit.
1: Yeah, right. He's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I, you know what I'm saying? She left. She's, she was saying, like, for it went from, like, it ain't no big deal to, like, this nigga had, like, them glory tears. And I said... because uh,
0: motherfuckers... Like, I don't... Un, like, I think some people don't understand how hurt people can be. Yeah, Like, I held back tears for ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of and especially when you're a kid as a, you're a, a young man and they're like don't you cry you bitch.
1: Yes. And you whatever what I mean? it was, it was whatever it was that made him be like this was something he hadn't figured out yet. Like it wasn't like he woke up and was like I want to absorb
0: a- that shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then it was something he never let go and then we're talking and he's like asking me, like, man, how you, you know, handle this with your girl and all this stuff? I was like, well, I don't cheat.
0: Which means no. But first, which means that he never saw anyone ever have conflict resolution in a relationship to right. turn to a, a, a young person.
1: Yeah, we the same age,
0: basically. The same age. This kid never even had a chance to. you probably had a chance to talk to older people, at least have example. He yeah. never had even had anybody to register that shit for him. That's crazy, yeah,
1: And that he didn't feel and that he was alone in the idea of not alone in that he wanted to be better. He was alone in the idea of being able to talk about it with somebody because like every other nigga he knows would have been like, man, you crying like a bitch, bro. <laughs> like, fuck that, Dude, man. Get these get these hoes. do pussy work. ass.
0: Don't stop. Let's right,
1: <laughs> let look hit this forty. We gonna get some bitches tonight, you know that. And I'm sitting over there playing drink cast and shit, and 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 uh, he's like, man, you know what you and your girl got, man? That's dope, man. But like, like I just gotta know, man. How how do you know she not gonna cheat on you or whatever? And uh, it fucked him up because I was like, I don't he was like, yeah, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, you don't want to like, get out there just in case. I was like, no. Uh, He's like, well, what you going to do? I said, if she cheat on me, be hurt. I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be sad. And that's the game. That's what love is, dog. It's like, I don't want to fuck this up on my side to pre-fuck it up. So I'll be like, she didn't get me. Like i was like the thing that would i said I'm, i said if she cheat on me she'll it'll be her fucking up the best thing that's ever happened because i don't know that anybody is gonna love somebody as much as i love her and he was like um well how you uh it was it was, it was so dumb ass question like uh well, what, like no it wasn't even dumb I don't I don't want to call this man dumb <laughs> but it was some shit like essentially like well if if you feel that way and she play you then what you going like what's the next step I was like yeah, yeah. it's not, it's he's not a very next emotionally
0: step. immature we were all yeah. at that time but he's like super stunning
1: yeah and but what's crazy is it blew his mind that it was like oh it's not tit for tat it's you either all in and you just got to deal with being hurt and you got played and everybody going to know you got played or you sabotage it yourself and nobody can ever say you got played, but you kind of played yourself if she really was down with you. And
0: well, he I- asked you a question before when he asked you, what do you feel? Uh, how do you know she won't cheat on you? And that's a kid basically giving you the rawest version of what is trust? Yes. What is this thing of trust that you are speaking of? Exactly. How do you
1: know? And I, yeah, it was just crazy because like the girl he was with was so obviously better than him, quote unquote. Like she was fine as fuck. She went to another school, which is why she probably didn't know he was cheating for a while, but he was cheating so much that. She would have been a fucking idiot to not figure that one out because it was like the disrespectful kind of cheating. You know what I mean? Like you see him out like so. And let me tell you, a lot of dudes like I used to be
0: like that in my dating profile shit, cheating ass shit, because I didn't value relationships. Very. They were just relationships with just that. People are best. Like I, I never got attached to through sex. Right. In relationships, because I'm a kid that was abused, so that shit was like out the window for me, so right. my connection would never see that value in it. It would just be like, oh, this feels really fucking dope. Yeah. But I have no emotional love connection It's like to I'm that.
1: using your body to orgasm, and then you can go about... I was listening to a podcast the other day, Vox Conversations, and uh, they were talking about the sex positivity, mm-hmm. and this woman, she's like a like, not conservative, but she's like a Catholic woman. She's writing about sex and stuff, but she wasn't really writing about it from a religious place. But she talked about how like sex positivity had kind of <clears throat> possibly gone too far because the main thing we care about is just consent. But that, with that being the floor, it then turns everything into like a legal agreement. Like, you can send it. So now I'm about to shit on you and that with that part of that, you already consented. So we can, you can send it to the sex. So if I emotionally fuck you up, if I'm cheating, whatever, you can send it to the sex. That's all I'm required to fulfill. And I think that's how a lot of dudes approach it. Like, Hey, I'm not a rapist. I mean, you can send into the sex, but then everything after that to them is like, uh, overtime, you know? Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Like that's the fine print. Like, okay, I knew it was 24% APR <laughs> on this credit card, but I didn't know if I missed a couple payments that this shit would just go up like 3,500. Like that's, yeah. just, you only invested in the quick part of the thing. I got access to this thing. I could use it. And then, mm-hmm. okay, I got what I needed out of it. I'll figure it out later.
1: Yeah. Like it was so like, I think that's where a lot of dudes, that's why you see dudes that be like, I'm a good dude. But then they, what they mean is like, I'm not a rapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, look, man, I'm, I, I be, you know what I'm saying? I'll be treating them nice till I fuck them. So y'all got to leave me out of this. And it's it's like, damn, but you, you be evil and cruel any other time. And I think because that's how a lot of masculinity is defined and, and rewarded uh, you know, I just had, I, honestly, thank God I was a nerd, man, because I, if it wasn't for growing up being nerdy and out of the loop, I really think I wouldn't have stumbled into like being nerdy and like, uh, eh, that's fine. I'm, I'm the guy that's in love and in a relationship and haha, you got me, you know what I'm saying? As a, cause it's like, y'all already joking me about fucking reading comic books and wearing glasses. So what's one more thing is, I'm with my girl, but it's crazy to see over the years how that became a badge of honor to them even like because low key these dudes want that, but it just wasn't cool to want that.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the that's it in its simplest form. You know what I mean? And because you still fuck with public perception and then you're probably struggling with your own private shit that you can't get over. You you just off balance until you figure out one thing and then, and, and then fix the next thing. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. nah, it's low key, man. Like pandemic and uh, getting old, man. It's cool to see people like talking about therapy and all that shit, because like we need that shit, bro. Like it, it really is a lot of. It's like especially for men it's just a lot of shit we be carrying because we think that's what part of being a man is like you just got to carry this shit bro yeah. like you know what man just uh, fuck some bitches that'll fix it you know <laughs> it's just everything getting a couple, worse a
0: couple things don't go right in my life and i'm living that life yep you know what i mean like yep. maybe about 10 years ago, I'm, i'll be straight up front if y'all met me 10 years ago most of my, y'all wouldn't fuck with me yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, you, you, you know, I, I approach life in a totally different way.
1: I think you know that's I mean? the that's the other thing too, though. Being a straight black dude from the the neighborhood I'm from, I also didn't really have problems fitting in. So like, I would like so on the one hand, I wasn't like I was a nerd, I was aloof, I was all that shit, but it was never like I wasn't. Like, I couldn't just go to a basketball court, play ball with everybody, go home and be fine. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I never had the social awkwardness of like, you're not really black. It was just every like, at least where I'm from, everybody got clowned for something. So like, I'm getting clowned for whatever my shit is. And part of one of the things I might get clowned, like this nigga got a girl. He got to go home. Like, that that was light work to me because it was like, y'all been picking on me for go bots for some like, fuck it. I'll take that one, too um like but but like I never I always was able to fit in even with my like partially because I'm a stand-up person that will tell you like oh man what you doing is fucked up but what you said was fucked up like I still fuck with you I still got love for you We still both black from the place we from and I know everything you done been through and I know it's hard like you ain't go out to read no bell hooks and I know it so it's cool but at the same time, like I love you, but I would never I feel like love is telling your man, like, hey, hey man, uh, maybe you had too many to drive. You know, like yes. that's love too. Yes. Or,
0: you're either you know, you're either that person, or if you're not that person, I tell you now, you need that person in your circle.
1: Yeah, man, like that was big to me. So, like, uh, and low key, I felt like it balanced out because whenever my nerdy ass would be around some shit I shouldn't have been around. I always had, it was always one of them dudes that you would consider like a bully or a hard rock. That would be like, Hey man, go ahead. You don't, you don't need to be doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Hey guys, where y'all smoking weed? They're like, right, get your nerdy ass the fuck away from us. I'm like, all right, but because dog, even in
0: the harshest of conditions and times of like black and brown, people tend to come to environments that just, even at the, the minimum, it's just a harshness to it that some people don't even have. Don't see until a way middle of their life you know what i mean and people can genuinely feel someone's moral compass you You know know what i mean
1: you ever watch the tv show atlanta i don't know if you've seen i
0: saw the first season that's one that i just didn't get back into
1: it's cool it's cool i think it might have been season one but it made it could have been season two but they had an episode of where they was kids and it was about them growing up and going to school and this nigga had like went to Marshalls and found like a fake like Fubu ja- jacket or something like that. Um, and the and the fear that he lived in of constantly being of being roasted, <laughs> but like and bruh, I had never thought about this shit before. It was traumatic. I don't know why. It's just because I yes. lived in it. It yes. just felt like normal. Yes. But like that's they get not- a point to show the white kid at the school and the white kid shit was busted and nobody gave a fuck. Fuck. But this nigga like FUBU might have been fake and niggas was ready to ride on him. Period. And they, I was like, yo, that anxiety and stress, maybe that's where it comes from. That constant, like I'm being watched, I'm being evaluated. I'm not black enough. I'm not. I'm the wrong kind of black. I'm too broke to. I'm too. You know, it was always some shit.
0: And then ain't some shit. Then that butterfly effect puts you on HBO in Game Theory and become oh, yeah. a writer to from a T from the moment you press play and then you ended up yeah in the place that you never thought. So or did you think?
1: Well, so this is the thing. I've been writing and creative my almost my entire life. Like I still remember the first poem I wrote that uh got like the school like the teacher called my house, it won an award at the school and shit. My dad still has it in a uh in one of the, in one of those uh photograph books and shit. Uh it's called Snow uh Snow Snow My Evil Foe. <laughs> a cold white sickening cream like you know, I used to wear monotonous and that shit. Like, I was in third or fourth grade when I wrote that. And uh, I remember how proud he was of that. And I was thinking like, oh, I could do that all the time, probably. Isn't you know? it some
0: shit when you get validation from those who love mm-hmm. you immediately for yeah. something you do, what it does for your spirit? and now Up until also- that
1: point, I have really been like treating school on some like, as long as I get a C or whatever, like I'm here, you know since daycare basically. And then I got good grades that semester. And then, <laughs> and then the next semester, I tried to slide back and I got that progress report and got a whooping. My dad was like, no, you showed us you're not stupid. You're not allowed to be stupid now. And so I knew what was on the line for them fucking grades after that. I was like, okay, so it's a whooping if I fuck these grades up. Uh, anxiety's back, but you know, what but but it but it definitely put me on a different path but uh also being black it was a lot of like uh you could do this creative shit on the side yes make sure you get something
0: man i made that mistake with my son hopefully Mm -hmm. he'll listen to this podcast one day or whatever as for his son i learned i made the mistake of not squashing his creativity, but just being like, there's a time and a place. And uh, and uh you stay in this box and you know you concentrate on fucking algebra, too. And and I shouldn't have done it. I look yeah. back on kind of horror of it in a way. Well,
1: if it's any consolation, man, because um, I know people can be tough on themselves. And I know definitely it wasn't until I was grown that I see my parents is like, Fuck, oh, y'all were. Kids, yes. You know, like, look, my like parents
0: you were, were 15.
1: Right. Like you, my dad, like they had me. Uh I want to say my dad might have been 21, my mom might like it was like they were not old enough. They were like, like, I would look at them now and be like, that's young to have a kid. Yes. And I'm glad they did, and I'm glad I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Uh I and still that's
0: do. and that's wild too because. I, that's where I came at in life. Yeah. Like I um, I'm in life now because of the way my family dynamics are that um, I had to learn about things that were going on in the world. I couldn't keep my fucking head in the sand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had to progress or I was going to regress, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And we started to struggle with my outside family, like dealing with my son being trans right. People trying to talk to me, how I deal with my other son and I'm a guy him into the future and all this, you know what I mean? Bullshit. And when my parents I love them, but I I viewed it. I I understood where they come from and why I'm fucked up, and I never blamed them. Like you should have did did it. Like, no, fifteen year old people sh- don't shouldn't be in charge of a human.
1: Yeah, I think also when you when you when you black, you just see the worst outcomes, and it's just hard. To, like man, I I know white people, and and you know what I'm saying God bless them. But when I like anytime I'm cool with a white person, they hate their parents. I'm always kind of like. that that must be nice that luxury like you know how fucked up a black parent gotta be or how good you gotta get off as a as like a family before you can do the like my mom did blank like when you meet a black person hate their family either that person was so fucked up that you was like yo they had to hate that nigga because they were that fucked up or they just one of them like Cosby kids like things went so well for them they graduated to the level of, like, my mom wasn't perfect, so I'm finna shit on her for everybody, but me, like, I'm, like, I'm looking at niggas going up the street, like, they daddy never came back home, you know what I'm saying, so the bar was different, and my, and I, and even with that, I still just think my dad was, like, an excellent father in general, but, like, those are the cycles people learning, so anyway, what I was gonna say, any consolation to you, my parents did, kind of, like, it was like the mixed signal. It was like, don't worry about this rap shit because I used to like write raps and uh, I performed them a couple times, but uh, it just never really was something that blew up for me when I was a kid. Because my parents like, nigga, that's what? No, uh, <laughs> I did the poems. I wrote essays. I was a uh, North Carolina essay finalist. Like we had to go to Raleigh and all this shit. I had to write another essay on the spot, like. Um. So I, you know, every creative writing class I took, I would do grading. Um, wrote a couple things for like to perform for the school stuff like. So I was always doing it. I was in plays, all that. Always doing something, and they never stopped me. But it was always like, okay, that's cool, but this math and science and this intern trade, exactly. And so, yeah, and <laughs> I got caught
0: up in that shit, dog. Because that's all I. My only blueprint is in life is the what I know that my parents tried to do for me, but it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. And now this very fast moving world I got to catch up with at the same time. And then the hardness, the difficulty of that is the more that I lean in one direction because I have to. It's just evolution in life. And, you, and, and it's
1: I- like what people aren't fair with the parents. And I like so I hate social media and the way they talk about parents what they're never fair about is that the parent got one job is to keep this kid from fucking up their life. They like, (laughs) like everything else is a luxury, but if you fuck up that first one and that's the biggest fear, right? Like you don't do shit to your kid out of like, I, I fucking hate you. I want you to be, I want your life to be miserable. No, everything you do, even the shit that makes them feel like he's trying to make my life miserable. Is, is your fear being like, like, I remember before I, before we monetized the podcast enough to for me to make a living off of it. Um, I needed my dad's help to get like a, like, a, I want to say, uh, like a, a washing machine or something, some shit. I, I can't remember what it was. I needed his help to to get something from Best Buy and come back. So, he, you know, he has a pickup truck, He's like, yeah, I got you, whatever. So we're driving the Best Buy, picking it up. And I'm telling him, you know, I, he knows I lost my job. He knows we've been doing the podcast five or six years. And he's like, so what you gonna do next? And you know, <laughs> keep in mind, my original thing was apply to jobs and get another fucking job. <laughs> Shit, I ain't trying to be on unemployment that got cut in North Carolina to 350 a week and six months only. Like it's you can't make you can't do nothing off of that, Ooh, you know. Man, right? And so, and that's before taxes. They if you say I need the whole three fifty, they like cool. We'll see you at tax time, bitch. April fifteenth, we coming <laughs> for that. So um, I told him, you know, look, I've been researching da da da, and we're gonna try to monetize the show, and I'm gonna try to do it full time uh he was like you know you got a plan or whatever and i was like we need this many people to subscribe by this you know by this time in 6 months as long as it can match what i was already making um like i actually i said as long as it can match what i was making from unemployment per month i i'll be fine cuz even if i got to eat fucking ramen noodles every day i'll make it work until it works and there is no You're true that backup young
0: entrepreneurs
1: yeah i was like there's no true backup plan right now it's just grinding
0: you hear how he said a very simple i'm talking to my son right now (laughs) you know know what i'm saying like uh, that's why i don't mean to cut you off it's like you hear how this man who is an entrepreneur and because like it's a battle with my son Mm -hmm. to tell him shit that's the truth because he just looks at me like fuck you old man yeah i'm making my way like we're at that point in our relationship and it's that grind hustle man i got dad. Right. type shit and to hear you set a simple goal for yourself that real realistic and was tough.
1: Yeah, and my you know dad I mean? looked my dad I could see as I was explaining it it was a bunch of stuff one he didn't know about and which is crazy because my dad is so fucking smart he knows everything just about he knows something about everything so I'm in uncharted waters to him even and, and I that
0: could, pulls a curtain down on how you view your parents immediately yeah.
1: Yeah, and well, also, I can see the fear, and that—that that was when I realized, like, oh, he, his whole life has been afraid for me. Like, it's never been, like, things I thought were contentious were all like, I want to give you the safest landing possible in case I'm not here one day. You gotta do this shit on your own, and so he was telling me. That fear like, is
0: so crazy, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I like, it's, I, and I think if you a good parent, it's probably overpowering. It's you go like, you go a little OD one way. Some days you have to realize you got dial it back. This nigga got to live his own life, make his own mistakes. And you've equipped them with the tools to where if they make a mistake, it's not, they still got other ways to go because they learned that from you. But he hit me with that. Like, all right. If, uh, you know, like I don't necessarily understand it, but you know if you it sound like you got a plan if you got it you know good luck and if you need anything blah 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 and i was like you know i don't like <laughs> like like you gave me everything already like this up to me now and i but i just remember that day and you know got out that car and executed the plan and you know i i don't it's so funny to think about it but i don't think my parents have ever been more proud than just like when they came to our live show and seen this thing we built in this area that their whole life they was kind of afraid that like don't don't be the nigga at forty selling mixtapes in Winn Dixie parking lot you know what I'm saying <laughs> and now now look at me you know what I'm saying what so, was your rap name look. oh man God it was I had two right the first one was the prodigal one which I thought was so fucking nigga you uh, thought you was the the second coming, like you nigga, was- I was a lyrical miracle nigga. You know, what I'm talking? you know the ones I'm a lyrical, miracle, spiritual, like out that I was that type of whack nigga. And then the second one was Sweetwater Tavola, which uh tavola Street, <laughs> a street in Charlotte, and Sweetwater was like the first nigga to play in the NBA. I thought I was oh, I thought I was killing them with that uh, shit. Hmm. I thought it sounded like some pimp shit. Like, oh, it comes on sweetwater tavola. It was so, so corny. <laughs> did you ever rap though i, I fucked around like, I feel like every every, every I black man too. over a certain age has tried to rap
0: yeah me i wanted to be a dj mm. i dj for a little bit that was my shit you know what i'm saying i was trying to make beats uh i tried a little bit but my shit i i could yeah. curate a plate like i understood a party mm. that atmosphere and vibe and energy and shit like I wasn't one of these motherfuckers, niggas, like, dun, 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 like not oh, that okay. shit. But like, I could be like Fat Man Scoop, like okay. I, I knew when to put that on at the right fucking moment. There's okay. a, yeah, you gotta have Nas. that, in.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, that's a that's, that that's a big skill. But now nah, I tried to rap for a bit. It was, uh, I, I don't honestly, it's funny though. I wasn't that bad. I just was never gonna be committed enough to be good as you need to be to to make it from Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: And Uh, you, but you, again, you know, your you know, your talents, you know, when you see your opportunity, like you got it, you know what I mean? You took it. I I felt that way only, but it was at 37 when I did comedy Mm -hmm. and then I was just like, oh, like you got, I'm starting to learn now with comedy. I had this little, I had a little adverse uh, like thing with it because I got a little too caught up on if I'm going to be somebody you know what i'm saying like i gotta be honest i did there's i've had opportunities and i you once you see the matrix it's kind of hard not to see it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i'm a motherfucker i like to dream and i'm like but it did
1: not it wasn't you you see what i'm saying like it's it's crazy because like i think as one of my coping mechanisms for just having anxiety i've had to learn to live in the moment and to not have expectations. And I know uh writing for game theory, it was like fucking people up how chill I was with this being my first job. Cause everything to me was like, it's out of my hands after I shoot the ball. You know what I mean? Like every the ref could make a call, another nigga could go 10. I can't control nothing. But in this room, when they say make these jokes, I am. I'm firing you know what I'm like yeah, because dog, like, the least thing especially if you are anxious
0: ass motherfucker and it's something to learn from the least thing that you should worry about that will cripple you is worrying about the thing you didn't do you took the yeah. shot
1: yes you took the shot dog because because like you said it the only thing that's worse than not than taking a shot is not taking a shot like I'd rather take the shot and miss than then don't take the shot like if I don't take the shot, I'll regret it for the rest of my life and think about what would have happened. But if I take the shot, even if you flop, even if you like, hey man, uh that shit wasn't funny. All right, cool. I I I, I gave you what I could get. You know what I mean? Funny, subjective as fuck. But I think I feel that same way walking on stages
0: now in comedy. Like, yeah, I, I like dog, I get to walk on a stage and tell jokes. I've gotten myself to a level that in a big city. Like Washington D.C., I can walk on stage and and be in a room and 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 t- and I, when I go up there now, I'm doing some shit.
1: I don't give a fuck. When I listened to the uh, I listened to the sneakers bit. I mean, sneakers bit you had uh, put on the feed, and it was like, yeah, that shit happened that day. Yes. It don't even it don't even matter that it didn't. It ended up not being true it's a great exercise you know what i'm saying like it because it takes a certain level of courage to be like which is uh, definitely a thing i learned pitching jokes in a room full of other motherfuckers that pitch jokes like if you're not willing to get out there and, and get killed a little bit or to take that chance because that chance might be the joke that that is the one that people like yo but nine times out of ten is the one they be like i don't know <laughs>
0: And it's funny you say that because of, I'm talking to my son again. Mm. One of the things that young dudes struggle with is not as failing. It yeah. can't, you know yeah. what I mean? Everything got to go the first time or wasn't meant to be or none of that shit. Right. No dog. You got to just keep shooting the shot within reason doing, you know what I'm saying? Cause if not, it's not going to happen.
1: And like you know, you're not special. You know what I'm saying, and by and I don't mean that. Enough. That rocks
0: people's world. I, yeah. I, I had to talk to my son, not in a degrading way or anything like that, but just tell them like, dog, it's a million motherfuckers with origin stories like yours. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's a like, motherfucker.
1: Every every day in that room, I felt like is any of us is replaceable. Like like, don't nobody know which jokes is ours. They get rid of you, it just be a different joke in your spot that is probably still good. Like
0: like, I learned this in comedy because I got to travel a little bit and there's dudes in other places that sound like dudes in the place that I'm at. Andy told me that your guy where you're at, there's a guy like him in Seattle.
1: Exactly. So you just can't like, can't get too attached to like the thing. The reason I don't want to get too attached to failure and success is because it don't define you. And it's, it's motherfuckers that never tried to be comedians that people be like, that's the funniest nigga I've ever met in my life. And he's just a dude you play ball with or he's just a dude you work with or some nigga at the barbershop. And if you see him, you start smiling and laughing before he could get a word out because you like, that's the funniest nigga I have ever met. My uncle's one of those dudes. You know what I mean? And so I think I think because of capitalism and because of like the, the the myth of meritocracy we start thinking everybody on the stage everybody in the spotlight everybody with their name in the credits they outworked everybody they were better than everybody some sometimes you just gotta get lucky man just be the right spot at the right time so and i'm lucky like i knew bo was gonna be that dude um shit over 10 years ago i remember he lost his job at a radio station and at that point we had become like at least acquaintances. We had each other's phone number and shit. And, uh, he, and this is when he was on Twitter a lot more and stuff. And I can't remember what he tweeted, but I, it made me call him or whatever. And I I think I either called him or I texted him, but I was like, Hey man, I don't know if you down right now or not, you know what I'm saying? But one, you did your thing with that fucking show. Um, The the things that was above your head, out of your control, that's not for you to worry about. But let me tell you this: they fucked up because you're a rising star. You got shit that nobody else can do, like like to be that smart, that funny, and that charismatic. That that's that's a trifecta. People might got one or two, they ain't got all three like that on TV. And I was like, you're gonna, they're gonna. I say you're gonna go on the bigger and better things. They're gonna regret that. And then he started doing like Around the Horn, got his own radio show on, on Syria And I told him the other thing I said was, "Um, next thing you do, I'm going to make sure, like, I'm going to do everything in my power to help. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I started calling into the show. Because I was like, the first time I felt kind of bad, because I was like, damn, this shit, they got rid of my man's show. And I was just a passive listener. I was just a person somewhere listening tweeting every once in a while but i never got involved on the show because i felt like it wasn't my place and it's radio and it's his show but this time i was like like he get to the end of the third hour and be like man shit i'm out of shit to say i'm looking at this clock we need like uh sucker we gotta get through this last half hour and i'm like shit i'll get you through the last half like i will call up there and literally because of that i ended up basically knowing enough of his rhythm and beats and i mean literally i didn't even know what to call it at the time but i was punching up the show i didn't like (laughs) like i didn't know the term but i was literally being like remember in hour one you said this Mm -hmm. what if what about this scenario and what about this isn't that funny as well and what if you know what if you zag here instead of zig here and this and you know and he was receptive enough to like allow that you know sometimes whatever that that logic you know that that funniness and so all that shit Accepting is what got Christine, me in that room, you some know,
0: major part of success.
1: Yeah. And, but, but once again, that, that is something that I couldn't tell somebody else. All right. So this is what you need to do. Literally some of his luck, some of it, and, and it could have been some other nigga that would have got it. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, you can never get too attached to success or failure. Cause like, shit breaks any other way but Bo leaves and goes to Fox News then I'm not writing a show you know saying like it's that easy so you can't like I I, I'm so glad between Karen and the podcast and the fans that we built I had confidence coming into this shit that had nothing to do with gang theory like to this day like it was (laughs) If someone brings up like, oh, man, it's only your first show or something. I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, or, you know, like when the, when they wonder, like how I was confident enough to pitch a certain joke or some shit it's like because I'm going to be fine either way. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like if I go back to Charlotte, I'm still living my dream. This was a cool extension of it. And, you know, it's like, what if we don't get renewed? Nigga, it's not my problem. I'm not that we can't control that. Did we make a hot show? okay, that's what we can control. We made a hot show. You feel like it was hot? That's Let's leave with that. And so I, I feel like, um, you know, that's a lesson for anybody in, in working in any creative game. Don't get too attached to the like, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to do this. Because at no point, what you know, some people, maybe that's how it works. But at no point did it feel to me like, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to do this. They going to do this. All the shit we get is just we work hard somebody might notice it. And if they notice it, I, that's the part that's my responsibility. If you notice it, you got to be like, now you got to foster that a,
0: relationship.
1: Yeah. That's not just foster relationship. Oh, this is hot fire. Cause you've been making hot fire For shit. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like jail coven. jail. He got a catalog of hot fire shit. He like, he could literally quit tomorrow. Cause he's like, I've been working so hard. Fuck this shit. And I wouldn't even, I get it. I wouldn't blame him. But he literally the kind of dude that like one motherfucker with some type of pull could be like, I checked out this guy and then I checked out his videos and I checked out his podcast and I checked out his albums. Yo, Yo, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like your job was to make the shit hot and then the rest is up to the world. You can't control that.
0: That's funny to wrap it up to hear how we started off the conversation Um. And you were talking about Kay being the person that can see yourself worth your value, both monetarily, but she just as a person, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And you're like, you started off the conversation and you're like, I'm not that person. And then when you were discussing what you were doing with Bo, you yeah. become or became that person.
1: Yeah, well, a lot, like I said, a lot of that is from Karen, and that I, I started learning from it. Like, I, like, I, cause I, that's the other thing. I don't wanna and, be the nigga. And here,
0: like, growing with people is another big part of life.
1: Right. And I don't wanna be the thing, you gotta recognize your patterns, right? I don't, I think it's work for her to have to pump me up every time some shit happens that now I'm just making her do work, do work when I should have learned the lesson, which is like, well, she was right the last time she said you could do the shit. And she was right the time after that. Okay. Third time's a charm. We don't even got to go through that. Like with this writing shit, it was never a consideration if I could do it. Like I haven't once thought about if I could do it. Even when they first asked me if I wanted to submit, I was like, honestly, my first thought was, fuck what am i gonna do when i get this you know what i mean because i was like because i was like if i'm submitting i'm submitting with the idea of i can do it not the idea of i can't and so yeah
0: because I, the fallback is always y'all dog i almost had a chance to write right on a national you know what i'm saying so yeah. that ain't a, that still ain't a bad fall
1: it ain't right and i'm falling back into what i already love doing this is my dream this like i like uh it sounds funny to say but like. If it it was, also
0: is a little bit of self sabotage because your anxiety is going to kill you from from the real of just saying nah I wasn't you got judged
1: yes you, yeah. you
0: weren't good well
1: enough. well so if I would have but see what's crazy is and I and I I mean this is not even a joke if I would have got rejected I would have been fine like not even hurt by it like literally fine because that's how detach when I say living and now. Like when people hear me now, I sound more at peace. It's because I am. Because I just learned like, bro, you just got to control what you can control. I I could I could have wrote some hot, nigga, hundreds of people submitted for this job. Other people probably wrote some hot shit that I would read and be like, that's better than mine. And they didn't get it, you know, for whatever reason, because the person reading was the person that was like, actually, I like this shit better, you know? And so um, the thing for me was I never thought I couldn't do it. I thought I might not know how to do it but I can learn if they teach me um but I I I I was more like what do I do when I get it and then like if if I would have been in the place I was a few years ago I might have said no you know what I'm saying shit Bo told me like I was already telling them <laughs> We might have to work on some type of remote hybrid for you, cause you probably wasn't gonna want to come to New York. And I told him straight up, bro, I would not have done this for anybody but you. Like, I this is not a, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I believe in myself that much. Where I'm like, I could have wrote for other people too. It, it was surprising all the other writers. Yo, this your first show and. You know they stop about, out. Yo, you're really fucking good, man. You know that. Like, if people telling you you're good, and I don't want to sound arrogant on some Kanye shit, but I was like, oh, I know I'm good. I just didn't want to do this because you're
0: a a part of creativity and and people and that are creative, the anxiety of applying for things and applying yes. yourself,
1: rejection and
0: rejection is such a fucking huge thing, and it cripples a lot of people. It, I, and, I, I've been
1: that's why I say the myth of meritocracy, right? Because it make you believe you are not good enough. And while that might be true in a lot of cases, right? I'm not like, we've all met that whack motherfucker. That's like, all right, bro, it's not going to happen. Like these raps are actually whack and you should stop. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But like the myth of meritocracy be making you feel like, well, they rejected my shit. It must be. I'm not funny enough. It's like, no, it literally that nigga woke up on the left side of the bed read your submission in the wrong way whatever and they just decided that day you weren't it and if they would have, if the contest would have been held on tuesday you might have been it's like when they do the comedy contest and they got a judge me and like who's who's who was objectively able to say someone is the funniest nigga in boston how how that even makes sense is it the funniest nigga wednesday too you know what I'm saying? That don't make sense. So, like, we this this myth that got us all fucked up. But if you I also think this that. is
0: us, well, this is you. When you find success at a later age, mm-hmm. you're more ready to deal with it head on. Early,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: a lot of people who get success early, you're not ready. For, you know what I mean? Right. You yeah. You're yeah. not
1: ready for failure. You're yeah. not ready for adversity and what yeah, and, and and you, it says. And then you and you're a
0: gr- and you and you see. I was able to see I think this is one thing that creatives who are young, early don't realize is like I was in the business world and career world is no different than than being in the creative world. Once you want to be seen and recognized by people, it's the same shit. Yep.
1: Like I got I was in that cubicle miserable. I remember getting written up for an email that I wasn't even being sassy about but they decided to read it that way. They were like, the person was like, like, like it was some shit where I said, like, like, I don't even remember what it was just on some like regular, like, Oh, well, if you look into such and such, it's already in there. And they're like, wow, really Rod? I can't believe I got written up. I didn't even, this shit was on my permanent record. Like we were in school. And I just remember being miserable at that fucking job, man. And But that low key, that misery taught me something about work ethic. And when you look at 2,500 episodes of this podcast and shit, it's like, oh, I was learning then just like grind, you know what I'm saying? Do your work, be professional. Like When motherfuckers want to work with us, you you don't hear stories about like, man, I told Rod to be there at 9, he showed up at 9.13. Like, no, I'll be there on time. If, if I make you a promise or a commitment, it's going to get fulfilled. I don't, if I, I don't big time people and shit, like it's all because of that miserable job that I learned to appreciate that. But, uh, you're right. I think having some success at this age or what people see as success is, is I'm more ready to handle it. Cause I just know myself, but a lot of that is because I'm not defining success the way the outside world is. And, you know so like people see you like oh he got a tv show now it's like yeah but i actually felt great about myself before that like 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 i when it was just when i was improving podcast, myself
0: steadily to get into this yeah. position because the reason why i'm here is because i was living my life and i was right. doing the best that i could with this the shit,
1: shit i've done is the podcast shit mm-hmm. like there's no amount of like it, it sounds funny to say but and maybe, who knows what happens in the future, but I can't imagine any amount of money or uh, attention that's going to make me feel prouder than uh, taking this show from unemployment to a, a, a dream of really getting to talk to my wife a couple hours a day and, 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 and make money doing that. I'm not going to beat that.
0: <laughs> that's something I try to tell to my son. A success is in, in the creative world. It's something that you create and you can give life to. It comes to life. It's yeah. sustaining. You know what I'm saying? And that is the ultimate success. Yeah. Because once you can do that, you free yourself from the bullshit of the outside world.
1: Yeah. You, like, you? If, I was funny. Uh, we got interviewed by GQ. And the dude was interviewing me. And he's like, you know, uh, a lot of people, they see this show right here, man. For your first show, for this to be, da-da-da-da. And I hear you doing good work. And Bo really seems to like you, blah, blah, blah. Like, what's your thoughts on this? And I said, bro, as black as you think this show is, this the most white people I've had to work around for like seven years. So like to me, I'm entering a world where I have to be a little bit more considerate of people than I have been. I've been able to just say what the fuck I want, do what I want, and and trust and believe in my audience and my the people I work with. This is a little different from me. like. You know, I'm still filling the room out sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I remember there was a thing we were talking about, Coach K. And it was like, well, what about in 1991 they did this? And then this year they did that. And, you know, we just not going to mention that. They did win a championship at this time. And I said, yeah, but what if we just say, fuck them? You know <laughs>
0: Let's just take the simplest, most direct approach.
1: Yeah. Why are we giving him props? Isn't our goal to shit on this man? Do we need to be like, in all fairness? Fuck all fairness. We he ain't been fair to us. Why we got to be fair to him? And like and I said that in that room and I was like, it was a little bit of like uh, first everybody was like, hmm, like like a little like, I oh, don't let me think about this. But then people was like, yeah, like like so that's a different muscle than the podcast podcast. I can say that everybody's like, yeah, fuck them. You know? So I'll, anyway, my point being like, it's a lot of hands in the pot. Once it start being fame, success in the way that people see it outside, right? They like, oh my God, man, you got this show. I'm like, bro, every joke I wrote went through like eight people <laughs> when I'm on the show. I like just saying what the fuck I say. <laughs> and it
0: speaks to like your success still needs more people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you still need people and you need relationships and you gotta be able to just keep growing with people. And even when you get older, you can do that shit. And like you speaks to you like that's a lot of old motherfuckers like us going through like kind of like who the fuck am I and what can I do? And can I change and I do yeah, you can.
1: You can yeah, absolutely, man. Like this I've changed streams uh reluctantly uh at 30 something years old and that a lot of people think that's too late, but I don't think it's nothing too late, man. You could literally, like, I'm writing a TV show. I got that job at 43. That's not a job I thought I would have at any point, uh, even though it's been people that told me, like, yo, man, you're going to write for TV. You're that good. You're that funny. And I'll be like, ah, whatever, nigga. (laughs) Because I wasn't trying to make those steps in my career to make that happen. But, you know, fuck it. You know, I was afraid of being in new york uh for a long period of my life because i was just like i don't know it's a big city it's it's not my style i like where i'm from and then it's like i don't know man your life leading you to wherever it's gonna go but say gotta, that again yeah your life leading you to wherever you gotta go but you just gotta you gotta be ready and and keep swimming because you know that's how you get there
0: you know what i mean like so you You got to stop worrying about that. You, you Colossus and you this great entity that can stop time and change directions. No, what you got to be is this thing that can swim in the current and move along and see the obstacles and shit ahead of you. And that's how you're going to survive and shit in life and it to full circle the shit again, I wouldn't have been talking to you if you never pressed play.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
0: man. You know what I'm saying, Crazy. and that's that's wild. And and if you at home and you listen to this shit, this was uh, 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 us having a conversation. What uh, and you something in this sparked in you is probably that. Press play.
1: Press play. Press play on your life, man. Press play on that creative idea you've been having. And if you already press play, man, just remember this, dog. Have fun with it. that's the one thing you can't fucking like you can't really replace any nothing can replace if you're having fun if the shit miserable to you it's gonna just be miserable it's nothing it don't there's no amount of shit that'll cover that shit up so like have fun man if you having fun i I know it sounds corny you win it you already win it because most people don't even get to that level they you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many people, it's like it's already a grind from day one. So like I hope people are having fun, man. If you painting that thing, paint that thing. You writing that thing, write that thing. And if you having fun with it, you won already. I
0: have fun with this conversation, dude.
1: Same, bro. Anytime, man. Love talking right. to you.
0: Thanks, man. So thanks for pressing play on this pod and listening to a dope conversation with me and the homie Rod. Also, press send by leaving your feedback at the end of this episode. If you're listening on Spotify, leave your replies. I'll read your feedback on the pod. If you want to get in touch with me and leave an email on this convo, send it to Mr. Dom Rivera at gmail.com. That's M-R-D-O-M-R-I-V-E-R-A at Gmail. Or you can find me and send me a shout on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll get right back to you. Appreciate y'all listening. Peace.